Welcome to the Bavada at Odds podcast. We are in full holiday mood, which means we are just loafing through everything. We're just sitting back, watching sports. Do you get into the holiday spirit? I know we've talked about this. We've done this podcast for a while. Remind me. How how holiday ho-ho-ho do you get? Uh, I, I, I'd say in most years, Seth, I'm usually, usually in the middle. I'm pretty even keel with it, but... This year, I have my two nieces coming from the UK. Oh, so you're uh, in. to visit us in Canada. So this year we're going big. I I'm, I'm going to send you a picture afterwards, but I've already got a Santa outfit to surprise. Oh, the there nieces, we go. Which will either you know ingratiate myself to them further or horrify them. Horrify them uh, at their very young you're age. The scary guy, right? That's by the way. Right. By the way, that voice is Patrick Morrow, the head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com. I am Seth Everett. Uh, this is the Bavada at Odds podcast. I, you know, we normally we do the introductions first. I got right into it. Um, usually, I get a great introduction. By the it's way, it's usually a much better introduction I, than this. But now this it's I didn't even get Santa one, Claus so. himself. That's <laughs> well, it all averages out. You know, last week Seth was on the nice list. Now you're on the not so nice list, and uh, <laughs> that's okay. There's still time for you to make up for it before Christmas. Uh, that's it's fine. Just let's do better next week. Okay, it's good to have goals. Um, <laughs> all right. Speaking of goals, uh, college football, let's start there. The legitimate reasons that Alabama made the college football playoff over Florida state is bullshit. At money, best. money, money. Wait, right, right. It's, money. That's the thing. Like it's, it's, it's like a foregone conclusion. Like the sec is the highest rated and this gets the most re- readings. And so forget the rules and forget the accomplishments. Put a team with a loss versus a team that doesn't have a loss. And the argument that the and the, the committee uses is strength of schedule. And that Alabama with its loss is a better team than Florida State. And that may be true. Doesn't matter. What is the point of accomplishing something if you know I have said on this podcast multiple times, stop calling it the power five. Starting next year, it's the Power Two and the Miners. Just acknowledge that. Acknowledge that. And then the Florida State thing makes more sense. But what Uh, you did is the opposite of sports. I'm 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 fortunate that uh, and and you as well, Seth. You know, we've both been around the ringer with uh, the college football playoff before the college football playoff when it was called the BCS as well, and the various controversies. And sure enough, they found another one this year. I will say two things. One, I feel gutted for Florida State that team their fans 13 and 0 that's that's a team that's won national championships as well this is not no, they UCF can't, they can't do anything undefeated. else they won every yeah. game in front of them including Syracuse just kidding okay having said that i'm mildly okay that what took place took place and why do i say that because of national semifinals that have been TCU we've had uh undefeated Notre Dame a few years ago against Alabama shellacked and uh, we have two semifinal games now where the spread is just around a field goal um right michigan alabama should be a great game michigan alabama should be great washington texas is sitting around four four and a half right now um and i florida state being ahead of texas uh i if it was just by what they did on the field Florida State should be in. Uh, it does to me. It doesn't even matter who they should be in over. But if well, it's not about Michigan or the, Washington because Michigan and Washington did the same thing, thirteen and zero. I, I mean, either Texas or Alabama. I, I think Florida State uh, 
you know, it, it kind of they should leave their conference one because when doing anything meaningful in that con, we all we already knew well, that they're trying the to ACC- leave their conference and they want to leave their conference. And I'm in the conference that they want to leave and screw them. It's, it's, I, I have no horse in this race. Yeah, except screw them. <laughs> I mean, there, there's diminishing returns in that ACC, right? Like it's it's been a while. Like Clemson has been the class of that conference uh, football wise for the last five years or so. And they had no margin of error each year. They had to be an undefeated team if they were going into if they were going to have any hope of uh, a playoff invite. Florida State did just that this year. They went twelve and zero regular season, thirteen and zero with their ACC championship game. Still not enough. Still not enough. Again, I kind of get the pressure that the committee kind of put on itself, I guess, or whoever empowers them to do. Um, the money and the ratings are right there, and if you look at what uh, the odds are in that Orange Bowl game between Georgia and Florida State. Uh, Georgia's a two-touchdown favorite in that one. So that's kind of the the hint and the nod right that's there. Your argument. That... So, that, so that's your argument is that they're not as good a team and you know it. It's not, not an argument of fairness. Not I'll, the I'll fully SEC admit that. pays more and gets more money and revenue and blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's all—it's all of that. It's all of that, and I'm, I'm not saying that I'm even endorsing the why. I'm just saying I understand uh, the why. Um, having said that, if if Florida State was somehow able to beat Georgia in two touchdowns, not insurmountable. We've seen many losses this year, both NFL and American football, uh, NFL and college football, uh, that have been two touchdown favorites or higher. So Florida State's not dead man walking. However, if they were somehow able to beat Georgia. I would love to see an old school kind of, you know, multiple teams declaring themselves the national champion at the end of the year in the same way that used to have like Alabama claim a title while Michigan the same year would try and claim one. I'd like to see some old school kind of craziness That's the old like way that. They used to do it. Yeah. And if, if Florida State beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl, absolutely. They, sh- they without even playing in the college football playoff there, they would get Pat Morrow's number one ranking for whatever that's worth, which I think that in three bucks will get you a Coke in 2023. I, I I get it. Um, you you make a compelling argument. I, I you're not telling me anything I didn't already know. My problem is is you're now saying to all ACC schools you could win every game and it won't matter. I'm just formalizing what uh, a lot of them suspected all along. Now now it's just codified. Do you know? Do you know with with regards to the twelve team playoff? Does the SEC, does the ACC and the Big Twelve, uh, and the, the the remnants of the Pac twelve, like, do those schools get an automatic bid? Because what I thought it was is the Power Five champions go in; those are the five, and then there's seven out large. Is that true? I, I think so. Um, I, I haven't uh, even read up how the committees allegedly well, going to undertake. What, what I'm saying year, but... is, with the new system. You have to give David a chance to beat the, the Goliath. To your argument, what really needs to happen is there needs to be some kind of opportunity for Florida State to do it on the field, not by beating Georgia and then going on talk shows. Yeah, I yeah, it's. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean it, it's fine. Yeah, if it's a twelve-team playoff, Florida State gets in there, and then they get uh, probably smacked around by Georgia anyways. But at least they still got to say. Uh... They got a chance to fight for it, I suppose. Well, right, because um, t- take it out of this. Th- this leaves a bad taste in your mouth. This just looks like the bully exercising its bullying tactic. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's tough. Like if Florida State got Washington, perhaps in one of the uh, the semifinal games, then maybe they'd only be like a seven seven and a half point favorite there, which is I'm uh, sorry, a seven seven and a half point underdog there, but uh, which would be a slightly more compelling game. But yeah, it's uh, I, I, it's tough. I, I'm kind of stuck in the middle because I, I I hate that this is last year of the fourteen playoff and we have such a big story in Florida State not uh, getting in, and then next year I I just think twelve is going to be overly diluted. I think uh, we're going to be talking about some of these games like, really, do we even have to play this one versus, I don't know, there's going to be, is, is there buys for the first four teams? I really got to research this college football play. Either way, I think it's just coming off what a really good rivalry week was, uh, decent championship uh, weekend. Uh, you know, Alabama-Georgia was a good game. Washington-Oregon uh, was an amazing game. And just seeing all those games continue to matter less in the future, now that 12 teams are going to make the playoffs, I'm not really excited about it, so... Uh, I guess it's tough for Florida State next year. It looks like we're letting in, you know, 10% of the league is going to make it into the playoffs. So I don't know. It's it's big money in college sports. And we haven't even talked about the transfer portal and, uh, you know, how many uh, players are uh, taking leave. I think uh, Ohio State has like 15 players uh, in the transfer portal they this year, out. including uh, their starting QB. They, that they, is they, rough. They all want out. They all, Well, that, that's also ruining college football. It's, it's I, the transfer portal ruins college football. The 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 NIL does not. NIL is a great uh, opportunity for players to be rewarded for the efforts. NIL I like. It's the transfer portal. For those of you who don't know, the transfer portal was originally you had to sit out a year, and COVID changed that, and they wanted to let students have the opportunity to do if your program the theory was if your program wasn't treating covid the way you wanted it to be treated whether it was too lax or the opposite of that you could change schools and then you know covid's not gone but the pandemic is over and they never changed the the transfer portal rule and it sucks my alma mater syracuse introduced uh, a new uh coach right his name is fran brown he was the defensive backs coach of Georgia, right? So after Georgia loses in the SEC title game to Alabama, Fran Brown gets named the head coach at Syracuse. And what he has to do now is call all his players and beg them to stay. And it sucks. It's at least he didn't have to sit out a year uh, to be right, a coach. Because they don't have to sit out a year. They just leave. Yeah. So that's 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 my thing. Like I, I get uh, and it's, it's frustrating as an odds maker. It's frustrating as a fan of any of these teams because it removes so much uh, continuity year over year. And. It uh, creates a lot more uncertainty. Like Ohio State's going to look incredibly different next year with so many players in the transfer portal, uh, two five-star recruits, a few four-star recruits. And yet my default is that if the coaches don't have to sit down, if they jump ship, then I don't think the players should have to either. It's I I don't like it as a fan, but I, I think it's fair. If the coaches don't have to sit up for a year, the players should have that same freedom. What What it's done, at least from my perspective, is it's turned me off to a sport that I consider myself a fan of. I, I think everything in this direction last, uh, the, the expanded playoff, uh, the transfer portal stuff, it does, while there's fairness to it, I think um, we've continued to codify the commercialization of uh, so-called amateur athletics. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I was watching, uh, you know, on college football Saturdays each year, you got a lot of Dr. Pepper commercials and uh, like, Oh wait, that's the Alabama quarterback. Oh wait, that's right. He's actually getting compensated to, uh, you know, be in these commercials. And this what this wasn't the first year. This started last year as well. But um 
Yeah, it, it's it's a shame because college football, it's it's just a naked enjoyment sport for me in the sense that it's just the fan bases are great. The game day atmospheres are great. The fact that the games start at noon and can go all the way till four in the morning if Hawaii's playing, it just goes and goes and goes. And the passion you see from fan bases is far more organic than what you see uh, in any of the other uh, North American sports, especially the, the professional sports. And I, I just... Like, I'm not excited about the regular season next year because Alabama can lose two games next year. Georgia could lose two games next year and get into this playoff thing. Um, well, next year, if, they, if there really are seven at-large bids, even if there's six, let's say there's some wild card, so like the MAC or, you know, some of these, the A-10 or, you know, some of these smaller, what I call the C-level conferences, could they have a champion that gets into the playoff? Again, Neither of us are pausing this podcast to look it up because we don't care enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the UCFs of the world, for the Florida States in the world, like you're probably in a 12-team playoff, not going to exclude an undefeated team again, I would hope. But I don't know. And and you know what? The first time that'll happen, they'll ask for a 14-team playoff, a 16-team playoff. Um, <laughs> think it gets bigger? These things only do kind of get bigger until, you know, we'll start playing playoff games in November next year, maybe, or next year, uh, in the next five years, perhaps. But I don't know. Uh, th- these things just kind of expand in the same way that the Major League Baseball playoffs expanded with that manufactured uh, wild card. And, you know, baseball, 162 games, it, the, the, the regular season should mean more based on how short the money lines are. And when you have a 12-game regular season in college football, well, if you can lose three or four of them maybe now and get into the college football playoff, probably not four. But again, these games just don't matter as much. Um, You still want to win your rivalry games. Alabama is still going to want to beat Auburn every year, even if Auburn's not a great team. But it doesn't mean as much. Um, You know, uh, and I've always hated that because in college football, going back to when only two teams made it to uh, the BCS championship game, Every game mattered along the way. On the flip side, though, I will say that uh, there's a lot of bulls that once you get to December, so many of them don't matter. So uh, you have players that opt out early. You have players that, uh, you know, you have players in teams like Georgia. Like, what kind of motivation is Georgia going to have in the Orange Bowl against Florida State? Like, okay, you're beating an ACC team. You're beating a 13-0 team. Maybe that's enough for your players to get up. But if you're a program like Georgia, you are you are semifinal or bust. And if you're Alabama, it's the same thing. Most good SEC teams each year. So do the bowl games get better next year with more of them being playoff games? Okay, yeah, probably that helps a little bit. But overall, in terms of just trying to figure out you know, who matters and why and how good each team is, it just gets so much more diluted. And uh, I'm not a fan of that. I, I was okay with the four team. I didn't need an expansion. But if they did, eight would have been enough. All right, college football gets set for its bowl season. You have the Army-Navy game, but it's also Heisman Trophy week. And there have been four finalists, Marvin Harrison Jr. of Ohio State, Washington's Michael Penix Jr., Oregon's Bo Nix, and LSU's Jaden Daniels. What are the odds? Who's the favorite? And how's the action? Seth, this is uh, th- this has been a pretty wild uh, Heisman Trophy winner market for us here. Um, we've had, you know, lo- looking at the futures board the entire year, um, we started off with uh, Shadur Sanders and Colorado at the beginning of the year, 500 to one, a massive liability. And they had rolled off uh, three straight wins. And um, yeah, I think we were looking at like a million dollar loss on uh, if uh, Shadur Sanders had been Heisman. And uh, each week with college football, we've seen favorites change. We've had Michael Penix be the outright favorite. We had Bo Nix going into last week being the outright favorite. That said, 
looking at the current odds now that all the regular season games have been played. Uh, Jaden Daniels of Michigan, the overwhelming one to 10 minus 1000 favorite right now. Michael Penix is right there at seven to one. Uh, he was the second favorite going into the conference championship weekend. Bo Nix now at 16 to one. He was the odds on favorite before Oregon lost to Washington. Rounding it out is Marvin Harrison Jr. out there at 66 to one, just because they had to invite a fourth person there. Not likely to win. It's unlikely that any of these odds will change between now and Saturday. The games have been played. It's just the politicking right now. Um, but yeah, if you like Marvin Harrison Jr., you can get him at Bavada, 66 to one. All right, let's touch on the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles were humbled by the San Francisco 49ers. Now they go from one challenge to another. Now they take on the Dallas Cowboys. And the knock on the Cowboys has been they can't beat the good teams. What about the Eagles and Cowboys for NFC East supremacy? Very interesting one here. Um, they met earlier in the season, and uh, Philly won a close one there. Um, you know, that that was a, a great example of the Eagles outcoaching uh, the Cowboys in their previous matchup. Uh, since then, the Eagles have shown themselves to be, dare I say, a little bit vulnerable. Uh, they, they got absolutely shellacked by the 49ers, who I think have shown themselves in that game as road favorites against Philadelphia, probably the best team, at least on paper in the NFL right now. And the Cowboys, yeah, this is, uh, I think, a really good matchup for them to really see if they can take that next step and if they are for real. As you noted, their team that uh, has done well against the have-nots of the league but hasn't really hung with the haves. They come into this one, Seth, as three-and-a-half-point home favorites, and the better so far, like the Cowboys odds, 60% of all bets are on the Cowboys so far, over under sitting 53 at Bavada. Meanwhile, in the AFC, in the beginning of the season, it was the Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, the Bengals are under 500. Joe Burrow's out. What about the Bills and the Chiefs? Can Patrick Mahomes return the Chiefs to AFC supremacy against a surprisingly 500 Buffalo Bills team? Ian Seth, this is a really interesting one, given, uh, at least in the Bills' point of view, uh, poorly they've played. And for the Chiefs, uh, I guess poor relative to our standards, because we have pretty high standards for Patrick Mahomes and that Andy Reid Kansas City Chiefs team. Um, even with Taylor Swift in attendance, they simply weren't able to get it done Sunday night. I, I think if you're the Bills, it, it's very weird to say that they have a must-win game, but this is pretty close. They They will be below 500 if they lose this one. Chiefs will have uh, an opportunity for a little bit of separation after uh, Jacksonville Jaguars had their QB go down Monday night. And boy, uh, it, it can't be much tighter than this one. Looking at the point spread right now, the Chiefs are currently two and a half point home favorites. And uh, the action is split right down the middle, Seth, uh, on the Bills and the Chiefs. Over under is sitting at 47 and a half. That is quick scroll. That's our highest total of the week right now, which is what you would expect in a game with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes under center. And uh, yeah, we're seeing about 70% of all bets on the over right now at Bavada. All right. If you were betting, who do you pick for the Heisman? I probably picked Daniels. Jay Daniels <laughs> a few months ago, yeah. hopefully at a, at a much better price than what he's currently at. It's tough. Uh, once it gets to uh, this time of the year and the games are played, um, it's kind of anticlimactic. Uh, if you ever are someone that would watch the Heisman dinner or the Heisman celebration on whatever channel it's televised on, um, I would say don't look at the Vegas odds because each year prior to uh, the show, we've got a pretty good idea at that point, at least at least who should be the overwhelming favorite. We haven't seen too many Saturday surprises. 
but yeah, with Jaden Daniels, uh, you know, roughly worth about 90% or so that he goes, um, it's possible that Michael Penix maybe sneaks in again. That's undefeated Washington. And he was in that conversation all year, but Jane Daniels is undefeated Michigan. And he had a better second half of the year than I think that Michael Penix did. So I think that's, what's going to put him over the top this season. Remember this all summer and all I was doing was talking about the realignment and what's going to happen to the PAC 12 and, uh, Florida state and, 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 um, Clemson were just they had they hired these high profile lawyers to get out of their contract with the ACC and it's like they're just so openly trying to leave the ACC in the dust it just sucks yeah you know what for Florida State and Clemson they should be careful what they wish for because if they uh if they were to jump to the SEC um that, that might be a team that never goes undefeated again that might be a team that's locked into two three losses every single year so I've, who knows? Maybe I've come around on the fact that Clemson and FSU have been protected in ACC football a little bit compared to, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of uh, win and loss record would they have if they played in the ACC? If they played in the Big Ten, um, they do not get challenged. You know, yeah, they went uh, thirteen and zero. Credit to them, but they did not get challenged to the extent that Alabama and Georgia or Michigan or Ohio State would have been all season. And uh, you know, tough. He went 13 and 0, but uh, okay, throw you in the SEC, give them what they want, and uh, let's see if uh, you know they have any playoff complaints after that. So for for the holidays, uh, our family is going to see uh, my mother in law that Christmas week. We don't celebrate Christmas, but everybody's off from work and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to uh, my mother in law in Boca Raton two days after. My beloved Syracuse Orange play South Florida in the Boca Raton Bowl. Oh, we missed it by two days. I want to get a T-shirt. <laughs> I'm sure someone could save you a T-shirt. I, I think there's going to be T-shirts to spare uh, for the prestigious Boca Raton Bowl. I <laughs> it's Sarsaparilla Bowl. My wife, my wife looked at me and I said, "Can you believe that Syracuse is playing in the Boca Raton Bowl two days before we're there?" And she goes, "Do you want to move our trip?" And I go, it's the Boca Raton Bowl. <laughs> no, when the shirt is more of a draw than the game I think the itself. Shirt, I, I, I'm asking my mother-in-law, can you <laughs> grab a T-shirt that says Boca Raton Bowl with Florida, South Florida, and and uh, Syracuse on the logo? That's what I want. The Boca Raton Bowl, celebrate. Just such. It's a simple ask. Come on. Hey, that's that's what your kid should get you for Hanukkah. There you go. That's what. That's we we were talking uh, before about how difficult it is to get holiday gifts for people. And uh, for the man who has everything, the Boca Raton Bowl shirt. Well, I'm going to ask my kids to watch the Boca Raton Bowl, and they won't do that. <laughs> I was just going to say, is that if they're you know, behaving, they have, the to, they have to watch the Boca the Oilers, Raton So it's Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and uh, the Devils are taking on Edmonton. They're going to want to go to that game and not see the Boca Raton. I would have to side with them, yeah. That'll Connor do it McDavid for the Real Life Podcast. If you can make an <laughs> argument for Florida State to be in the final four of the college football playoff, we'll reach out to Patrick Morrow. I don't want to hear it. 